Hi everybody, welcome to my Friends with Wheels podcast today. I talk with Ashley Miller. She is an interior designer and educator that's, that focuses on modifi- providing modifications in the home, particularly with folks who have disabilities. Anyway, I hope you tune in to this episode of this podcast. Enjoy! Okay, so tell me a little bit about yourself and how you got involved in the disability community. Yeah, so um, my name is Ashley, Dr. Ashley Miller. I am a special education professor currently. Um, growing up, I always had friends with disabilities. I personally have um, a few invisible disabilities. So I've always just been connected to the disability community. Um, and I chose to, to pursue um almost 20 years of a profession, um, working as an educator. It first started out to um, 15 through 18 year olds and um, with disabilities, a variety of disabilities, learning disabilities, autism disorder, a spectrum disorder, um, intellectual disabilities as well. And now I'm working with um, undergraduates and graduates pursuing a degree to become a special education teacher. Um, so it's it's always been in my world. I, I can't remember a time without having um, people in my life and, and having a disability myself. Mm-hmm. Cool. So like what sorts of things do you do as an educator, like in terms and you also work in accessibility and disability as an advocate. So like what do you do in those aspects? Oh, and I also forgot to mention that you're a researcher. So like, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So um in order to, to answer a question about the accessibility part. So I, um, as an advocate, I work with different organizations um, doing like user experience research. Um, and also I'm starting to expand my um, advocacy skills to realtors and interior designers and architects to help consider accessibility features in the home and for long-term tenants. Um, so I'm, I'm been, I just had a, I came back from a meeting today, um, to work with a contractor just to talk about, you know, how he works with, with clients and customers, how he customizes things, um, works around their physical limitations, whether it be aging in place limitations or, um, working with children with disabilities and making sure that the home is adequate for them and accessible for them. Um, I'm also working with, um, the voices for home modification. They're, um, a comp- our group nonprofit group that works out of the Dakotas, North and South Dakota. And I've um, helped them with grant applications to um, help fund their uh, resources for individuals who live in North and South Dakota with aging in place. So we're working to develop videos, informational um, tutorials, uh, website um, expansions and stuff to educate those locals on um, how they can utilize the resources and how to afford the modifications they need in their home um, to help support them with aging in place. And so that's been more of a recent research, but prior to that, my most of my research has been transition support. So how to help young um, young adolescents going into their um, late adolescence into their early adulthood, how to transition from school life to adult life, you know, for independence, 
um, for employment and post-secondary ed, and then um, for living purposes. So that's been the majority of my um, research up to date. Mm-hmm. Cool. So like, what are some of the things that you're like looking for when making things accessible for people with disabilities, like in general and in the, yeah. educa- and in the educational realm? So like, what yeah. kinds of things do you like, what kinds of tools do you use to like mm. make that happen? Well, we first start, and, and me personally, just as a as an educator and as a consultant, I work to understand the individual's needs. You know, what have they tried? What works? What has not worked for them? Um, what technology needs do they have? What accessibility needs do they have? What medical needs do they have? Um, what do they enjoy? You know, what what helps them light up and, and, you know, what makes life easier for them and what, you know, what do they enjoy most? So I try to build a foundation, you know, starting with that, what, what are their needs? What are their strengths? What are their passions and goals? Um, and then basically work to customize what they need from there. So is it a, is an equipment need? Is it a functional need? Is it a, um, education or resource need? Um, so I use that same approach, even when working with adults to train them and educate them. Um, to work with individuals with disabilities is to help them have a mindset of there's always a strength, no matter what limitations or challenges someone has, they, there's always things they can do. So let's start with what, what works for them. What, what are they able to do? What are they comfortable doing and where do they want to go? What, 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 where are their goals in the short term and the long term? So I use that same approach, whether I'm training teachers to work with individuals with disabilities or I'm, you know, helping through consultation or research is to help people have that lens of, you know, don't assume that, you know, never go into any project or, or connections with conversations with people. Don't ever assume, you know, understand their, their personality, their name, you know, basic things, you know, basic human respect. Um, once you get into assumptions, that becomes a very slippery slope. So I try to um, emphasize the importance of that. Um, and the necessity of working and talking with people with the disabilities, you know, using them as part of the conversation. I think it's just human respect. You know, it's, I, I don't appreciate when people don't consider um, having individuals with disabilities come to the table and it's just all, you know, ableism. And, you know, that's where it just gets really, I just think ineffective and disrespectful and um, unproductive because we can all, you know, people without disabilities can do all the talking and research that they want, but until they include people with disabilities in the conversation, (laughs) they can only get so far. Um, So I I try to take that approach. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So like what kinds of stakeholders do you partner with in terms of like accessibility, education, and things like that? Sure. So right now I'm trying to expand my network to um, interior designers, architects, electricians, plumbers, a lot of people in the, the home industry um, realm. Um, I'm in, in conversations with realtors um, to help them understand, you know, just that the the needs of their clients, how to legally advertise to um, be more inclusive, um, just to help other people know, like, the features of a home, what they could be looking for, um, for accessibility, and a lot of educators, so paraprofessionals, one-on-one aides, um, administrators, it's and the side of education, it's a lot of, um, you know, from, from the parent level all the way up to the superintendents. I mean, we have um, meetings with the school administrators in our districts around the university where I teach to include them in the conversations of what's working for their students with disabilities, what's not working, what training do their 
their educators need? How can we make those more accessible, whether it's technology or um, resource base, those kind of things. So it kind of ranges based on the project that I'm, I'm doing or where I'm consulting or educating. But I think that covers, you know, it's, it's a wide range, but it's, it's all people who have direct or indirect um, contacts with individuals with disabilities. Mm-hmm. So my last question here is you talked a little bit about ableism and things like that and how it can harm, harm people with disabilities. So I'm wondering, like, how can like accessibility and education be used to like mitigate the stigma of disability and create mm. an inclusive world for people with disabilities? Great question. <laughs> Great question. Um, I would say, first and foremost, it's it's. It's one of those things where you, I want to model um, individuality and having and promoting that concept of, you know, one disability doesn't equate to another. So, you know, you may have the same disability and I may have the same disability as someone else. And we are vastly different human beings, right? Like having that, that blanket statement of putting us in that that world of they're disabled, they're non-disabled, right? It's it's our, our human brain naturally wants to categorize and group things to find patterns, right? So there are times and place where stereotyping is is to to um the benefit of people like like you and me with disabilities, where it's like, yeah, I need you, to, I need I want someone and need someone to look at me as someone with a disability that you know, I have rights and that's important that, that people understand that. And I, I, I belong to that community. And there's other times where it's inappropriate, right. To, to then categorize me as a disabled person. Cause then it's, it's to my detriment. It's to someone else's, you know, that's where the ableism comes in. So it's one of those things where I think the, the way that we can all kind of shape and help society is by helping individuals see other individuals as a person first and as an individual first, and then work to understand that, you know, I belong to a community of people with disabilities. That's one of the communities I belong to. And helping humans see that individual first, and then being able to connect with whatever community that that person, you know, connects with, I think that's that's going to help build that, that strong foundation of minimizing stereotypes until we want to use and, and, you know, connect with other humans through those community uh, groups that we associate with. So I think that's where it starts versus just kind of promoting like, or, or um, trying to mitigate ableism. I think there's that thing of just see me as an individual, help me like have the mindset of strengths and needs. We all have them, whether you have a disability or not, we all have skills we can do. We all have skills we're not so good at. (laughs) doesn't have to be disability related or not. Like, I can't play volleyball to save my life. Like don't don't put me in a volleyball court, but I can, you know, play other sports, right? That has nothing to do with the disabilities that I have. It's just, I'm not good at volleyball. So there's those things where just see me as a human first. I think if we, as a whole human society, if we have that attitude of we're all humans, like let's just kind of start there. I think that would help us all kind of just be more wholesome people and, and hearty people and people who, have um, a good mindset. And so I think that's kind of where I promote and where um, I would say is a kind of a, a good place to start. You know, I had this conversation with my friend about this the other day where she said that like people with disabilities should not be, you know, seen as a, a tool for inspiration rather, yeah. Oh, yeah. rather, rather it, they should be seen as, you know, like, like let them have um, the strengths and the capability to tell their story yes. of what it's, what it's like to be disabled 
a lot yes. of people a lot of able-bodied people don't get that and they don't i don't think i don't think anyone has fostered that 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 mentality in that mindset i think as an educator you know for people with disabilities like that's just where my mindset has always been i think that's why i gravitated towards um other people like me with disabilities as a child like i that's just that's where i felt more comfortable because i i you know i've just felt more like that was those are my people <laughs> like those are my friends like i just that's who i um was attracted to and so i think that's just it comes natural for me but i agree i think a lot of people don't, they don't have other people in their lives to help nurture that mindset or that's not their natural instinct. Right. So like, I think you're, you, I totally agree with what you and your friend had discussed. I mean, it's, and then how do we untrain people, right? Like how do we retrain people and then untrain them? I think that's where I think, and it's not my job, but it kind of is right. Like as an educator, it is my job. <laughs> mm -hmm. Like I understand. I don't, I don't, when people say like, oh, that's not our job to educate and to, you know, help remove the ableism, but it really is my career at this point. So I do have to tackle that every day, working with educators who aren't comfortable with people with disabilities and children with disabilities. Um, I have to break down those barriers and help them get to where they need to be to be more successful. So it, it is my job to do that. So it's it's an interesting dynamic because personally and professionally, there's, there's definitely some tension there. <laughs> mm -hmm. There is. But it take it's going to take a lot of work to sort of educate that and be mindful of, yeah, yeah. It's a it's a mindset. Actions, yeah. Be mindful of your words and actions. Yes, for sure. Can I ask you questions, or is it not that time? <laughs> All right, everybody, that does it for today's episode of My Friends with Wheels podcast. Today, I talked with Ashley Miller, an interior designer and educator, about her work in the disability community and how she helps those individuals. Anyway, I hope you tune in for more episodes of this podcast. Until then, have a wonderful day. Bye-bye, everybody.